0: What's good, grownups? It's your favorite grownup back here on another episode of the Grownup Podcast. And today I got some pretty heavy topics that I'm gonna be diving into. And so here's the disclaimer for it. But before I get into that, the first thing I do wanna get to is that you guys are going to hear my legal female name at the end of the episode. Um, Although it's tough to hear, for right now the things that I get into that are business wise that I legally have to you know put in my legal name for um that is what I just have to deal with right now it's tough it's a struggle and you know it it makes me just want to speed up this process but at the same token it is what it is and you know i just have to accept it for what it is in the moment and keep it moving so i just wanted to throw that in there for you guys so that you know yes you will hear my legal female name but on my social medias and, and what i go by in life you guys already know it's derek so appreciate you guys for tuning into the podcast fans subscribers Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, today's episode is going to be tough. We talk about some we talking about weed. We're talking about a little bit about child molestation. And above all, we talk about drug addiction and the struggle that it has become um, in today's society. And uh, I'm, you know, excited to introduce these products that um, are essentially, going to help those who are looking for an alternative with not only drug addiction but just pain management and you know all these things so um but if you guys do know anyone that is struggling with drug addiction They can call the SAMHSA National Helpline and that number is 1-800-662-4357. That number I will throw in the description below so that um, if you or if you know anyone or if you know someone that knows someone that needs that help, get them that phone number get them a phone so they can uh, get on the hot the helpline and see if they can get themselves some help so stay tuned to the end I got some more updates for you guys with the podcast I appreciate you and let's get into the episode what's good everybody my name is d and welcome back to grown up where you already know what we do we talk about everything that has to do with life improvement independence music you name it we're talking about it here on the grown-up podcast and today i have something special and great prepared for you guys as you know i have been hinting at this episode for the past couple weeks if you haven't been tuning into the podcast so i hope you are Um, and now finally it is happening i have matthew sodder joining me today um thank you so much for having or for coming onto the podcast and taking the time out uh he's going to talk about the cbd thc products that i've been kind of plugging myself in for the past couple weeks on the podcast so he's going to give his story um give his background and you know give us a little bit of insight on why these products are um going to be a life-changing thing for those who are struggling with maybe pain medications or maybe don't wanna take them anymore or whatever the case may be when it comes to finding an alternative uh, when it comes to, you know, healing yourself. So uh, thank you again for joining me today. So I'm gonna have him uh, introduce himself, say his name, uh, what he represents and how and why we are connected.
1: All right, well, I will try to get that all in that order.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it doesn't have to be in that order.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Um, my name is Matthew and uh, I am a, uh, a pancreatic cancer survivor um, with uh, HIV and um, other health issues that are going on and I, um, I had a Whipple procedure for pancreatic cancer in 2009 at St. John's in Santa Monica and about a 46 month recovery. Um, Mm. Morphine was necessary uh, during surgery and after surgery. And when they send you home with 46 staples in your chest,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, you're in a lot of pain. Yeah. um, You definitely need it not only for constant pain, but for spikes of pain because every little move and tweak Uh, that you make hurts. Um, I will be the first to admit that. Um, But there does come a point in time when um, uh, you get past that and you want to see further improvement, or I wanted, here, I'll uh, use the I. I wanted to see further improvement and I wanted to be able to think clearly again. I was having trouble reading. Uh, I was having trouble eating. I was having trouble sleeping. I was having trouble doing just about basically everything because what it had come down to was I had, I had taken the pain medication so long that my body built a dependency on it. Mm. And even though I was a medical patient, I was still having physical reaction and um, sometimes very ugly physical uh, reactions um, from vomiting to, um, i really don't want to get into that side of it but it's not Mm. good and you know patients don't need to be doing that and i was taking a pill for pain and then one day i woke up and realized i was taking the pill for the pill Mm. and that's when it hit me that i have to find my way to the other side of this pain medication because number one i can't think clearly and thank god i was at that point able to think clear enough to make a conscious choice that i didn't want that in my life Mm -hmm. and from that point forward i knew that i would find a way out and um and so i started searching for uh remedies you know and yeah uh, and the first uh remedy is um for somebody like me with the type of personality i have very much type a and you know the first thing is uh, okay i can do this I'll just, you know, write out a plan and everything will be good and stick to the plan and, you know, um, didn't work out too well the first few times. Um, You know, uh, the last uh, thing that um, any patient needs to be doing is putting themselves through extra discomfort um, for no intensive purpose. Meaning, if there's a better way to do this, then that should be looked at uh, rather than uh, Uh, putting yourself through uh, what i consider a form of pure health so i um in 2018 i had a reoccurrence of pain i spent 10 months in the hospital between uh, actually three hospitals two nursing homes Um, and um, i left ama at the end of the 10 months because they wanted me to sign hospice papers and me to give up my right to take care of myself
2: Mm.
1: and that was at um, uh, the ripe young age of 55 and Mm. you know i'm like no way this isn't happening and so uh the next day um i told him i was going to the store and i never came back and um, i i came back up here to where i was living i hooked up fortunately with a doctor that was willing to do it and work with me, even though that he had never had a patient ask him to have that done before.
0: Yeah,
1: and, uh, he was also a doctor that worked with a Triple A baseball team. I was very fortunate to land in this man's hands, and from that point forward, um, I progressed in a plan to um, to wean myself off, and um, that took 12 months. Uh, over that 12-month uh, period. Um, I made myself stronger. I um, my daily routine got to such a point that um, I would chart things out, like down to like in a five minute window. Mm-hmm. Because I knew if I didn't take that pill on time, I was going to be in trouble.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so my goal was, as crazy as it sounds, was to wake up one morning and not have to worry taking about that. You know, not have to worry about that pill at all. Not okay. have to think about how it was going to affect me, not have to think about it being in my life at all. It's been four and a half months since I've had my last pill. I did it on Nirvana products. Uh, actually, it's Club-Nirvana, and, and they're products that uh, you're offering on your show. Um, I was turned on to those products, and after taking them for approximately seven days, um I realized that uh I decided at the drop of a dime to attempt one last time and not taking any of the, of the morphine mm-hmm. or the um, and um fortunately um I had minimal discomfort I had minimal um side effects there was no vomiting there was no shaking there were no tears there were no um None of the stuff that always happens when I try to do it on my own with products that um, quite frankly were inconsistent in dosage. And um, I'm someone who really believes that if you're trying to make yourself healthy again, smoking is not the way to do it. So so, uh, the smoking products were not for me per se. Um, I uh, use the sleeping tablets and the gummies and with those oh and rso oil and Mm -hmm. uh, between those three things i was able to get through a period of time where i didn't have to take any more of the oxycodone and um i uh i haven't had to do that now in over four months and i live with pain still but it's compared to what i thought it was um It's really not that bad, and one of the reasons I honestly believe is, is that through the course of the year of weaning myself off, I also lost 100 pounds. Wow. And I think when you carry that kind of weight on you, um, it definitely makes a difference. You know, when I went into the hospital, I was, I thought, you know, sort of fit. When I got out, I was 108 pounds heavier. Wow. Um, You lie in a hospital bed and get a four milligram injection of morphine every four hours. You tend, you tend to gain weight because all you want to do is eat right and, um, and so uh, that's what I did I proceeded to eat for a year and uh, you know eat through the nerves eat through the discomfort eat through the you know feelings of when am I going to get the hell out of here and, and right. I mean, all those things I understand as a patient what other patients go through and I understand But it is not easy, even though your mind tells you, I do not want to do this anymore. God, I can't do this.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And four hours later, your mind is telling you, you're either going to take this or you're going to go sit in front of the toilet for 15 minutes. And by the time the restroom, it's not going to be good. Mm. So that's, you know, those were the options. Right. I don't have to choose between worse and worse, <laughs> and worse. Yeah, people, right? yeah sounds yeah.
0: like
1: it, right? You know, today I wake up in the morning. I have a cup of coffee. I sit down, I read, I pick up the phone. If I want to talk to somebody, <laughs> I don't, you know, um, um, I went a full week, actually, just recently without thinking about morphine, wow. except when I talk to other people and share my story, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, so the long or the short of this in, um in a patient type of nutshell type of way is as a patient, we deserve to be treated with respect and we yes. deserve to be treated as human beings and with dignity. And I already said respect and what happens in the state of California currently if you're on narcotics And you go to a doctor and you say, hey, I want you to put me in the hospital to take me off of this. They will tell you that they have to put you on a voluntary hold on a psych ward. That is ridiculous. Mm. That should be criminal. Mm. Taking somebody that's gone through a major surgery, been on a narcotic for over 10 years, manages, to get to the point where they're willing to come off of the narcotic and then you're going to put them in a psych war with people that are going out of their minds while they're going through one of the worst physical experiences that they could possibly go through. Mm. That's not only sadistic, it's criminal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, um, you know, doctors need to be held accountable for the decisions that they make. If a doctor puts you on pain medication for any reason at all, that doctor should have a plan in place. If a patient comes back and says, I want off of this, the doctor goes, no problem, and knows immediately what to do. Mm. The fact that they don't have that is sadistic and should be criminal. Yeah. So um, we all deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Absolutely. And in the medical community right now, that is so far from reality, that um, it's just horrible. It's just absolutely horrible. Yeah. It really, really is. Um, People look at you differently. When you take pain medication, I've noticed that too. Mm -hmm. And I know people treat me differently today, now that I've told them that I haven't been around that stuff in four and a half months. You know, so people are judgmental, you know, yeah. we are predators by nature. We have eyes in the front of our head. That's how we're made, you know, so I understand that, you know, we want to be sure we're in safe and secure surroundings and we want to make sure that we're okay. Right. So that's why we check things out and we want to know if you're good or bad, you know, and that's why I understand why people wouldn't want to be around me while I'm on a prescribed medication that makes me a different person every time I put that pill into my system. Right. I understand that. Right. Right, and you know, so we have to have an understanding for each other so that when we have to take something like that, we understand that people, you know, might be going through something, you know, they might say something that they might not mean, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, Anytime that somebody is willing and they wanna get off of pain medication or they wanna make a reduction in medication, or you know, they're tired of food tasting horribly or they're tired of not sleeping, or uh, you know, um, there's a myriad of reasons that you could use CBD and THC products. But the reason that I introduced them in to my life was and thank God I did, was because I needed to get rid of morphine. And I have, and I did. And um, I honestly believe in the Club Nirvana products because my body is very sensitive and it knows when it's not getting something consistently. Every time I've taken any of them, they've been as advertised and they've done what they said that they would do. And you can't ask for more than that. And, um, absolutely no and uh i'm a walking a living a breathing example of somebody who was willing to this day and every day from here on out god willing i will be willing to just keep going in the positive path that i've chosen now because i don't have that crap in my life and i understand and i have compassion such huge compassion for people that want that stuff out of their life that they feel like you, you know i'm going to be in this morphine bottle forever yeah and, and i'm and i'm here to tell you if you're willing no you're not yeah you know um and that's the message of hope and that's the message of anybody can do this you just have to be willing and um you know um my so far my worst day without it um can't even compare to anything that i can think of that's possibly close in the past couple years so i'm blessed many times over i might turn the wrong way and feel something tweak and hurt but (laughs) i can finish reading that book i you know i can read that chapter and i can you know retain 90 percent of what i've read yeah Um, Whereas before, I would get halfway down a page and I'd be scratching my head. I wouldn't even remember the page, let alone the title of the book. Yeah. So, you, you know, and uh, when you got to turn the book over four times and look at the title in under a minute, yeah, maybe there might be a problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, just, just maybe. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you for that um, amazing introduction for yourself and a little bit of background. Uh, We'll we'll dive a little bit more deeper, of course, into your background a little bit later. Um, So let's just dive right in it here. So you explained a little bit about your background and things like that. And this topic is pretty near and dear to my heart because I have family members who um, suffer with the struggle of, you know, pain medication and thing and taking it and, you know, thinking that that is the end all be all for controlling, you know, the pain that you have and, and not realizing that Taking pills can alter your mind, you know? So um, for me, I don't think that marijuana was discussed too much. In my household, as a you know a, a health a health product to try you know as far as to help maintain yourself. So, was the topic of marijuana discussed in your home at all, just in general, or was it something that you kind of explored a little on your own and had a little knowledge about at least before you came to this decision? You know, when all of this was sprung on you, you know, at your tender
1: age. All right. Um. I'm going to answer this um, in a little bit of detail. Um, okay. Please um, do. Um, at a very young age, I stuttered so badly that I couldn't finish two words if my life ended on it. Mm. I don't want to go into what really happened back then, but I can tell you at the age of five, my father was an incredibly violent man.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: and um, at the age of 10, I was, um, I was brutally raped. Mm. Um, I'll be going into more detail on that somewhere else but um, so um, okay so here we go Um, so at a very young age um, at the age of nine actually I was taken to a psychologist's office in Granada Hills his name was Dr. Joseph Scherer Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Dr. Scherer's office he had a He left the room and he had an ashtray. And when I went in to his office, I hadn't spoken two words fluently in at least a couple years. And I used to walk around with a pen and a piece of paper and people people used to tell me, you better learn how to write. Mm. And and so uh, I went into Dr. Scherer's office. I sat on the couch and there was this ashtray in front of me and both my parents smoked. And I thought, well, this smells a little different. And I picked it up and I lit the thing and I smoked it in his office mm. at night. And I started talking and he was still outside talking with my parents. And I had gone in and done this and I walked outside and I just started talking in it. and they were looking at me like, what happened? Wow. And then, um, and then they figured it out when they finally smelt it. Yeah. And um, and so that wasn't the answer that they were looking for. Right. So um, in my case, what happened was is um, I had one family member at that time that was with uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office as an assistant U.S. attorney. Uh, we had another uh, he was a first cousin, I, there was another family member who's still a sitting judge in downtown Los Angeles, California in the Stanley Mosque building. Both of those men worked in conjunction with my father to make sure that I was stuffed full of psychiatric medication and that I could never really understand or talk about it. During that time, it happened twice more. I don't wanna go into those details. And then what happened after that was, um, fast forward to uh, to now. Um, uh, there are people working on that. Um, I'm represented by the law offices of John Anderson. Um, they're a national law firm. Two of the sex abuse out of the three incidents that happened between the ages of. I know, I, well, I've already named two of them, but. Um, um, those, uh, one of those cases apparently is about to settle. The other one, that's against the Catholic uh, schools. And mm. um, and there's another one against uh, the Buckley School um, where I was sexually molested by Nikolai Alexandrov, who was a teacher mm. at the Buckley School, who is now, by the way, apparently 95 years old and living in Paso Robles, California. And this man, God knows how many kids he's molested over the years. Mm. And Buckley used to send him kids. Wow. So, um, you know, um, at the Buckley School too, this needs to come out too, because people need to know about this. Back in the day, and, and you know, they pulled this out of the yearbook because they were so worried about it, but they used to have slave day. Mm. And, and you could buy another student and do what you wanted to do with that student all day long, anything. And I stopped wow. stuff that was and these are the same woke people today that you know are trying to tell everyone else that they're racist so yeah you know i uh, um so anyways through all of that right through all of that time back in those days um, a lot of bad things happened and i never was the type of person to to reach out and want to harm anybody else that i always knew that i was going to find that man that did that to me when i was 10. and i always knew that i was going to look forever and it wasn't in just recently i stopped actually looking um, and and things like that unfortunately um, they stay with people for the rest of their lives absolutely yeah. and and, and people have a choice. They can either reach out and hurt someone else or they can figure out a way to just contain it like I did and go, okay, one day you're going to be able to do something positive with this. Just, just turn it over right now. You don't understand it. You don't get it. You probably won't understand it for quite some time. Just have faith.
2: Yeah.
1: And I got to tell you, that's not easy but it's doable and um and that's exactly what i did and in that time i remembered that um that little uh visit that i had to the doctor's office when i was nine and my friend down the street um when i was 11 he was a little older and um i was talking to him about that day that i was in the doctor's office and he goes i think i know what it was and um she proceeded to take some marijuana out, and that was the second time that I. Had mm. And um, from that point forward, um, it was almost like I had in my own head my own little space where I could be uh, safe, if you will, and mm-hmm. my own space within my space, right? Um, right. Um, you know, everybody has to have a place for their stuff, right? And, you know, and that was a George Carlin comedy line years ago. But it's actually <laughs> true. It's very true. We all need a place for a bunch of different things, you know? And absolutely. And so um so what happened was is at a very early age I became a big pot smoker and a big, big proponent. <clears throat> and every time they thought they were giving me psych meds, I was I was cheeking them, spitting them out. Mm. And then either eating a little bit of weed, I started eating weed all the way back to a very young age. Either wow. eating a little bit of weed or actually smoking it, <laughs> and um, I felt better. Um, I didn't feel. I, I mean, I'd hate to tell you how psych meds make you feel when you're forced to take them and you don't need them.
0: I mean, have to be, especially when you're that young.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I I could rattle off a list of names of psych meds. Yeah. And you and you would be like, oh my god, they did yeah. that to a minor. Mm. Yeah. They did that to a minor that they wanted to shut up because the family that adopted that minor Mm -hmm. didn't want him talking because there were too many people in that family, I believe, with prominent positions, and they didn't want it staining their careers.
2: Mm.
1: Seriously, very, very serious.
0: That's tough.
1: Yeah, well, it is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, you you gravitate towards things that um, that bring you that peace, that bring you that calm. And that's what I did. And so I gravitated towards music. And um, in my biological, excuse me, in my adopted family, which is the family that I'm speaking of now, um, I had no idea who my biological parents were. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that because- Please do. Because my biological mother, people need to look her up. You need to study her. Her name is Mandy Martin, M A N D I Martin. And if you go to YouTube, there's an interview left up there from I from I think Taxi and I left some of and some of her songs are up there from nineteen sixty five. But my mother, you know, people you know, I, I've often wondered too, you know, I, you know, um, you know, where does inner strength come from, right? And where does the will to do certain things come from? Well, after meeting my mom the day I turned 21, I understood.
2: Mm.
1: I understood where I understood where my heart was. Yeah. And so, um, okay, so I'm 11 years old, and um, I'm have decided that i want to write a letter to the adoption agency to find out uh where my uh, mom is Mm -hmm. and um both my mother and i wrote that letter within a week apart
0: wow uh,
1: received that letter we didn't find out that we both had done that until the day i turned 21. wow i showed up at my mother's door and uh and she opened the door, and my world changed. <sighs> Inside the house, there was a gentleman by the name of Alan O'Day. And uh, he had written a Helen Ready hit back in the 70s called Undercover uh, Angel. And um, Alan was on the piano, and he was playing, and, and, you know, and he starts playing these songs. And, and it's like, I've heard this stuff on the radio. Who is this guy? And, He looks up at me and he goes, Hey, my name's Alan. I play music for a living. Is there anything you'd like to hear? (laughs)
0: And
1: and that was the most amazing day. I will never forget it. Um, My mother was so nervous. (laughs) When she went in the kitchen to make us lunch, um, I thought she was making a tuna fish sandwich. Well, everybody thought she was. And uh, we heard the blender go off. Yeah, we went. Okay, this will be interesting, and and so she brings sandwiches out, and we all go to pick up our sandwiches. And the tuna was pouring out the back of the sandwich. She <laughs> she pureed the tuna.
0: <laughs>
1: so three of us went to pick up our sandwiches, and the tuna was pouring out the back. It was. You
0: were eating bread, bread instead.
1: <laughs> bread and lettuce, and a bread <laughs> and a little bit of pickle. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty but, um, you, you know, so another thing I want to share about my mom, you know, we talked about, you know, where we get our strength from and, you know, um, I believe that some things we just know in our heart, and if we're true to our heart, and if we're true to ourselves, we pay attention to those things, and we follow our heart. Right. And, and so <clears throat> in 1961, I'm going to share with you an experience that was shared with me that um, that my mother uh, was involved with. But in 1961, my mother was uh, working with Sam Cooke and Ricky Nelson in her last year of high school. <clears throat> and In Los Angeles, on KFWV, they wouldn't play Sam Cooke because he was black.
2: Mm.
1: And my mother was on the song, and she went into the station. And she said, Hey, guys, uh, I'm on that record and you better have them on the air. And anyway, long the short of it. <laughs> 20 minutes later, she's driving away from the station. Sam Cooke is on the radio on the 50,000 watt station for the first time on the West Coast. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. Right. So, so that's an example of somebody that went in, had an objective to get something done because it because it was the right thing. They didn't have to burn any buildings. They didn't have to burn the radio station down. They didn't have to burn the city down. They got done what they were set out to do to make things better who we were trying to make them better for. Okay. And that's the example we all need to follow. And that's the example that I wish I saw more of uh, today. Mm. But yeah, um, there were definitely things that weren't right back then. And there were people that stood up and did things quietly and got things done. And then there were people that stood up and pretended that things happened that didn't happen and used the media to propel their careers and their whatever, in whatever direction. And yeah. We're still around today. So... Wow. And there's... Um, it is what it is. Right, you know? yeah. People know the difference between what's real and what's not. Yeah, you know? definitely. And, uh, you know, so... When you put it out there, uh, you know, I I have very little trouble telling uh, most of the time, so I would imagine most people are in the same way. Yeah. But all in all, through all of this, I got to witness throughout the years a lot of people that were in self-destructive modes. And I always remembered that both of my parents, as it turns out, because I haven't yet mentioned who my dad is. Both of my parents uh, made it through the music business without drug problems, without alcohol problems, and had successful careers. I am the first biological son of Jerry Capehart, who was the co-writer with Eddie Cochran in 1957 of Summertime Blues. Wow. So I'm the product of Mandy Martin and Jerry Capehart. All right. So those are my two biological parents. Wow. So I, through the years, um, because of my mother, um, not because of my dad, but because of my mom, I was able to meet quite a few people. And um, I got to watch a lot of great stuff, hang around with some very talented folks.
0: Sounds like it.
1: Yeah. You know, um, one of those friendships. um, I miss Danny Sheridan very much. Danny, if you're in heaven and listening, I love you, brother. Absolutely. I you all the time. Danny lived with me for six months in the last year of his life. Danny was David Allen Coe's writing partner producer for forty years. He started. Uh, oh God, let's see. Uh, he was involved with the beginning of Farm Aid with Willie Nelson and John Mellon. I believe. Wow. People, people responsible for starting MTV. Yeah, everybody always wondered how that happened.
0: <laughs> well, now you know. You guys got an exclusive insider here on the Grown Up well, Podcast. <laughs>
1: well, it was Danny on the production side, and then someone else apparently made the investment for the bandwidth. Wow! Um, so um, they were already filming music videos in the Charlie Chaplin Studio at A at A uh, and Records, but it was apparently costing them a grip of money to set yeah. up and tear it down every time. So. They just turned the charlie chaplin studio into a music video um manufacturing space meaning and they'd be in and out in one or two days and the song would be done wow and the cost of production came way down and that's when you saw back in the day all the bands coming out with music videos while you know they were sending songs still to the radio stations you know back in the day yeah you know Alan Freed, who coined the term rock and roll. Oh, by the way, you know how that happened?
0: Please tell us. <laughs> uh,
1: apparently, in Ohio, they were having a dance uh, a dance off for ten thousand kids. Thirty thousand showed up. The next day, Alan Free gets on the radio and he goes, "Man, we really rock and rolled that place." And the rest is just... I've heard really. It. Yeah, I, I've heard that from two people. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <What's your family? laughs> All so right. I'm, so that's how that happened um uh, but uh i um, i want to get back to the focus of uh, you know um, all the insanity that people you know claim is in the entertainment business and all of that mm-hmm. you know people um <sighs> i'll say it like this i was lucky enough to learn at a young age that i wanted nothing to do with zero yeah and i feel more strongly about that today than i ever have they are monsters generally mm-hmm. general they've proven to be that to me i mean how many times do you have to rape a kid before he figures that out all right so you know um i generally um try to stay away I talk to people today that I trust. I talk to people today that I care about. Mm -hmm. My time is valuable and I wanna make sure that I spend it in as many of the right places as I can. Definitely. And being on your show today is definitely one of those places.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that um my next question here you kind of pretty much touched on quite a bit so i guess i'll just ask you how you feel about it um the criticizing of course it seems like from a young age uh discovering you know marijuana and discovering that it is something that is actually helping you and you know that it's helping you yet and still they're telling you it's the opposite and then you know of course like you said shoving all these pills down your throat thinking that's going to be the solution so um how how did you feel you know during that time and and did you did you ever think that you could convince people that well I mean maybe not even convince but just really get the message out to the mass that this was a product that is and was helpful for you you and could be helpful for someone else.
1: Okay, that's a loaded question. And I can answer that in order as well. Um, <laughs> um, when it comes right down to it, um I don't believe that I um I I believe there's a very good chance I'd still be popping morphine tablets if I hadn't come in contact with the Nirvana gold product. Mm. You asked me if I felt that it would be a difficult thing for me to transmit to another human being the idea that this was possible or even that it was a success. Yes. That, um, well, I'm going to answer it with the same language. Um, This is the question is, in fact, the answer Mm. because I had success and because I am successful in this, I am confident. That somebody can look in my eyes and absolutely know that there's no narcotics in this
2: system. Mm.
1: And that's all the confidence that I need to transmit to somebody that this is possible. Absolutely. And so I am confident that if somebody is willing, that's key, if you're not willing, why even try? Why waste right. it? Life mm. is way too Absolutely. So have some fun and wait till you're willing. Right. Mm. And, um, but if you're willing, and if you um, are willing to do a, a couple things and changing up of the routine because certain things have to happen in the first few days, timely. You can't be late with certain things because, you know, um, you're weaning yourself off of something while you're putting something in your system. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's absolutely doable. I want people to know that I woke up this morning and I woke up with a clear head. I woke up at 4 a.m. after sleeping for seven and a half solid hours. Mm. That would not have been possible had I not stopped taking oxycodone with the help of Club Nirvana products. That just would not have been possible, in my, in my opinion. And I am. A uh, stubborn—I have been referred to as a stubborn S O B times. So that's a good thing to be a stubborn S O B when you are willing to make a decision to help yourself. Right. You stubborn yourself all the way into success. Yeah. And you use that anger, and you use that discomfort, and you use that. God, darn it, I'm not going to do this. I mean, you you get that energy, you store it up, you put it on the shelf and you wait to that time when you need to pull it off and use it for something healthy. So you take that bad energy, you stick it on the shelf, you wait until you need that energy. You know it's there in your mind. Mm -hmm. You can go to it when you need it. And in that extra crunch or that extra prayer or that extra God help me, you go to that energy yes and it's there for you because you put it there. so um, yeah i believe anybody can do this who is willing i believe that i was over medicated um for quite some time i wish i had found the club nirvana product sooner but they've only been around for about two years so mm. um you know and hopefully uh we will be able to educate people so that uh, word of mouth and it's getting out that if there is anybody who seriously needs to pick up a phone and reach me and you know Donetta's number Donetta pick up the phone do a three-way call right I want to offer my time and my voice one-on-one to people if they need it if they want to hear me say to them personally yes you can do that i will do that mm. okay?
0: absolutely
1: i want absolutely. to give i want to give people the strength that i've been blessed with
0: definitely okay? that's what we're here today to do hopefully you know people that are tuning in to this share this with uh, you know people, other people that they know that need to hear it and um, give them a little bit of hope. You know, shed shed some sunshine on you know their cloud that they have you know right now with, with struggling with what they're going through as you struggle. Um, so. Thank you for that. Uh, so <clears throat> let's get into, I have the catalog right here in front of me. So I just okay. wanted to kind of skim through, give people a little bit of, you know, what, what's here. You know, we got some gummies, we got some cartridges uh, for various different things. They you have- want a bathtub,
1: buy the bath ball. Yeah, yeah. yes, we got I, bath bombs, yes. I have got the, I, I had one person call me up and thank me that uh, that he bought the bath ball. He said his wife was gone for two weeks, and and she had she had come back from a family experience. She you know she looked like a different person when she walks through the door. He decided that. <laughs> and she went into the bathroom, and normally she's out in like five ten minutes, and she was in there for like forty five minutes, and <laughs> so she used the bath ball. And, According to him, she came out and he didn't recognize her.
0: (laughs) Wow!
1: (laughs) So I guess it works, right? I
0: guess so, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys want a bath bomb, uh, we have those. Got THC roll-ons, as he mentioned earlier, sleep tablets, uh, even massage oil. So we got a lot of various things here, you know, in the catalog and.
1: Um, If you type a lot, I would use uh, the um, uh, hand creams. They come uh, THC and also CBD, the salve, and the... uh, Yeah, here we go. The Penetrate Pain Relief Salve and the Restore Pain Relief Cream. Yes. Um, I recommend those because I've used that a couple times and my fingers have really hurt from typing on the computer, and that really works. The THC Roll-On is also really great for knees and lower back and elbows and also fingers. Uh, I've um, heard a lot of good things about that. That I have coming, that's something I'm gonna get next. Um,
0: Definitely, that was actually going to be my question. Uh, which one is the one that you've gotten the most feedback about? And you know why have the people said that that has worked for them?
1: Well, the one thing I hear constantly is um, everybody loves gummies, right? yes and, um what i did was is i would take a sleeping tablet at night i i would keep one or two gummies next to the side of the bed if i woke up you know um you know soon because of my age sometimes you have to wake up and go to the bathroom so I go back mm-hmm. back to so the bathroom and i would get back in bed i would just eat another gummy and go right back to sleep and yeah i could never do that before mm. while, while being on the pills that you know, just wasn't happening um, yeah, yeah. And so between the gummies and the sleeping pill, and the really cool thing about the sleeping pill is it's 10 milligrams of THC, consistent 10 milligrams, and it's got a little bit of melatonin. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And my understanding now of the melatonin is is the smaller amount of it that you take, the better that it works. But mix with the THC and the tablet. um, Yeah, I recommend.
0: Sounds like you're getting good sleep (laughs) because I hear melatonin a lot of people say they take melatonin for sleeping. So you get melatonin and some THC. THC for me, puts me to sleep. So if you put those two together, that's like a power bomb for you.
1: (laughs) Well, it's really, really mellow because, you know, I think it doesn't all come into the system at one time because it lasts through the night. Uh, And, you know, I, I, I want to point out here, all right, we're not curing anything and we're not fixing anything. I would be the first one to tell you, if I had to choose between a Dalmain tablet or a um, or a Benzo, uh, which is Valium, Temazepam, you know, all that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Dalmain's a Benzo too, by the way, um, or um, a THC tablet, I'm choosing the THC tablet, why? Mm-hmm. Because one, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not feeling the lethargic effects or the tiredness effects uh, from that stuff. And two, I really don't want to put that crap in my system. Absolutely. Now, that is just as, you know, that is just the, the yes. end of it, right? I, I'm, yeah. I We um, we are told that you know we go into a doctor's office and they tell us take this all right what we don't realize is is that somebody was just in that doctor's office a half hour before from the drug company pushing drugs to the doctor and what the doctor is pushing is what the drug company just pushed to the doctor absolutely it sounds to yep. like the doctor is a middleman yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i agree I, that's right and uh you know i you know i heard uh I heard a patient describe pain medication in a really weird context, but it makes sense when you think about it. Mm-hmm. He he um, he said uh, every time he goes and fills his prescription, the only double up he gets from the pharmacy is misery. <laughs> and when I figured out what double up meant, because I didn't know that initially, you know, it's a, you know it's about dealing and stuff and yeah you know, so you know you're getting double the dose right you know, you know willingly giving you twice as much misery right yeah right. exactly yeah you know, and, you know i was like wow that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah i'm learning a new language and i'm agreeing with hopefully oh, we're making progress here <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i i kind of had my first dose of reality of you know medication being something that is not healthy when i went to the doctor and they told me like hey don't take too many benadryls because that you know that it messes with i think it's your liver i think that they say or something like that it Yeah. So and I was like, well, what they help me with my allergies because I have terrible allergies and it also helps me sleep because when I have terrible allergies, I can't sleep. So it's either I take the Benadryl or I don't. And that at that point, I was like, yeah i don't think taking medication is really helping me at all i think it's mostly just going to hurt me rather than help me because i had been taking benadryl for so long and now that i haven't taken i just stopped taking allergy medication altogether because none of it has helped and i mean i do have my you know my bouts when it the summertime and the spring and that change of the weather and things like that but other than that Get going through the year now I feel so much better without just taking that type of medication
1: so I can ever only imagine? what's that Have you ever gotten scratch tests no all right when I was a kid when you mentioned allergies you know they are you, you know they knew why I wasn't talking right but you know they were sending me to every doctor to try to find a name that they could attach to it you know, because that's what people do that don't want to be responsible for their own action right. But anyways um and so uh um god i could completely had a brain fart what was i talking about
0: <laughs> we were talking about the scratch test
1: oh yeah sorry the scratch test well that's one of the side effects of the scratch test <laughs> <laughs> but, um for three years as a kid um i, I think it was six, seven, and eight or something like that, they used to take me to a pediatrician, uh, Balboa in the 101 freeway to Dr. Arnold Zucco. And uh, I used to go see, doc- I used to call him Dr. Buddy. And, it, I, and I used to go see this guy and he said to me, go, well, let's give him scratch tests." So they used to lie me down on the table and they used to take these bottles with these tiny little ointments and they used to scratch all the way down my back and up and down my back and my arm. And they used to put these drops on it to see what I was allergic to. Well, I wasn't allergic to anything except getting my ass kicked by people. <laughs> being raped pen. Other than that, there's really nothing yeah. allergic to, right? Um, but um, after three years of scratch tests, um, they finally came back and said, "Well, we think you're allergic to cat hair and tall grass." What? And I'm and I'm like, hmm, okay. Well, now you kind of come back and get shots. Yeah. Three three days a week, twice or was it? um three shots twice a week or something like that and so for, for two years after that i proceeded to get these shots and the whole time i was still sneezing i still had a runny nose yeah and that it actually got worse because i would go into um uh, sneezing fits. Mm. That, you know that you know were a, a response to other things but you know um you know, if you uh, if you have a good doctor, he could come back with the diagnosis that you're looking for, right? Yeah. Because that's what people really pay for, right? Right. Right? They don't pay for reality. They don't pay for truth. They pay, mm-hmm. for, they pay for the fix. We have to stop seeing each other as specialized cases. We have to start looking at each other and looking for the similarities rather than the differences. It's the similarities that bind us and hold us together as a society, it's not the differences. The differences are nice to see every once in a while, but when I can say to you, yeah, I identify. Yeah, I get that. Hey, yeah, I'll spend some time with you. Come over here and sit with me. I got you. No problem. I got strength for two of us right now. Mm. That's what that's about. That's what that's about. That's what my mother taught
0: me. Absolutely.
1: I've got a lot to talk about, apparently, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, don't we all? You know, that's why I started this podcast, because, you know, I have a few things to say, too. So, you know, I'm I'm trying to give a voice back to others as well who have things to say. So um, thank you for that. Uh, So um,
1: it's about it's about what raises us.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, when we're in a state of lift, we really notice what isn't lifting and you know that could be good or bad but you know that's you know we see somebody down there going hey wait for me you know what about me if they're willing you stop you go back and get them if they're not willing they wouldn't be there going hey what about me yeah right so
0: exactly so um with us you know naming the some of the products and that you know we're uh kind of selling to the to the audience the lovely audience that's tuning into the episode um what do you have to say to those who may have some hesitation still to try them because maybe they don't want to quote unquote get high or you know think something some other type of excuse that they may be making up because you know they don't want to they they trust maybe the doctors more and they they trust the medication more
1: Uh, um people are getting high on pills All right people that use marijuana for um for recreational purposes uh, recreational purposes um uh, they are using it just for that purpose they're not using it for medical purposes people that are are popping pills People who are popping pills, who, um, as I was, to uh, maintain a chemical balance in my system so I wouldn't get sick, I call that the opposite of any enjoyment whatsoever, right?
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: as a patient, you start taking it because you need it, you're okay with it, and then eventually you realize that the pill is the problem, not, you know, not uh, the actual pain. But the other side of that is is that people who, are having, you know, who are addicted to opioids. My message to you is, there is no difference between me and you if you are willing to put the opioids down and do it gradually, you know, and give yourself a chance. This can be done. This absolutely can be done. The problem, and please remember this, The medical community treats medical patients like addicts. What I just suggested was is we treat addicts who are medical patients like medical patients. Mm. I don't know if if other, you know, that's that's to sum up what I said just uh, before there. That's what that needs to be about. Yeah. And because your other part of the question was is you know, what do you do, you know, you know, the stigma of, you know, people getting high and, well, I ask you honestly, I, you know, I don't like to answer a question with a question, but in this case, I will. Uh, you ask me about the stigma of the weed. Well, I asked you about the stigma of the pills, mm. right? And um, even though that one uh, is more commonly accepted, just because something that happens to be, in my opinion, far more poisonous then i want to substitute it with is accepted in society does not convince me to take it nor should anybody else society has really screwed up in some mixed messaging there is no joy and pain medication Mm -hmm. that's my message get out of the bottle as soon as you can because if you don't your heart might stop three times like mine did. Mm. And other things that have happened over the years. I don't want to see that happen to anybody that doesn't happen. You know, you nobody should it.
0: Absolutely. Nobody.
1: And I don't, you know, so when you talk about stigma, I think it's about time we threw stigma right back in stigma's face. Yeah, Because we need to be concerned with what works and we need to be concerned about ourselves primarily because we cannot give away what we do not have. And that's something that you want to think about for a moment. But when we're strong ourselves, we can have the strength of two. We can have the strength of three. That's what that means. We cannot give away what we do not have. Absolutely. And, And so I... I focus on being strong because my prayer in the morning is, God, make me an instrument in answering another man's prayers or woman's prayers for you. And in return, please allow me to have a chance of answering my own. That is my morning prayer. That is my daily prayer. And that, I believe, is really the foundational reason why I was able to do what God has provided me with, Ability that I didn't know that I had,
2: strength mm-hmm.
1: I didn't know I had. It, so, I don't know how else to describe it. All I know is that after praying for it, it appeared. Yeah. I'm not somebody that um, that you know believes really in anything other than what I can see. Absolutely. You know that is just like something that not only can i see today but it's a part of me you know? um, it allows me to reach out where i wouldn't have normally before um as i said to you before you know, if uh you know my phone ringing and me answering the phone at two o'clock in the morning is going to stop somebody doing something stupid please call
0: yeah
1: right you know yeah and, you know i uh, i don't want to see anybody have to go through what i went through and you know during the course of this whole um, very wonderful talk with you but right? the one thing that's been in the forefront of my mind for the whole time is wow you know um i made it right? yeah I, you know i made it to the interview right
0: yeah um,
1: i'll make it to the next one i'll make it to the one after that and i'll make it to the one after and right now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty strong I carry it up.
0: That sounds amazing. Thank you for those wonderful words to end us with um, I, I thank you um, for getting gaining the strength and the courage to you know tell your story first of all and secondly to even revisit I, I suppose because you know you did say you dabbled in marijuana when you were a child, but kind of got straight away from it because of others, but, you know, revisited what you knew worked for you. So. But yeah,
1: And I also want to be very clear, there was a uh, a 23 year period in the middle there where I, where I didn't touch any weed.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And, you know, so when I became a cancer patient, and I had to go back on it. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I was like, wow, well, I'm really not crazy about doing this weed thing. I even felt that way, right? Because after you walk away from something for 23 years, a particular particular year, you don't want to just jump right back into it. You know, that's something you want to do, and, right? Uh, but you know, if you have to, uh, in order, if you got to pick the lesser of two evils, you eventually end up with no evil. Yeah, I can understand that too. Kanata, uh, this has been an absolutely amazing experience Um,
0: of course and thank you again for reaching out to me and you know bringing this topic to my attention because i definitely think this is a topic that is a huge thing that no one touches at all and even if we do try and look at it we make up a lot of excuses for and it's time to stop making excuses for it you know it's time to go with the things that we know are solutions and not with make-believe solutions that clearly are just at this point coming out of spearhead and not working anymore so again i thank you so much for coming on to the show and of course we cannot end the episode without you telling them where they can find these wonderful products of course the link will be in the description but you know for the people who don't go to the description (laughs) we can give them that audio
1: sure for the people that don't go to the description (laughs) send me an email directly and tell me that you're from uh danetta's show and it's really simple. Nirvana Gold at protonmail.com. And if you send me that email and you tell me who you are, even if you just want to talk to me, and you know you want me to email you back, um, I'd be happy to do that. I am here for anybody that is a customer of Club Nirvana's and wants to talk about the products, and wants to talk about anything that has to do with that, and I am equally there. Or anybody that just wants to talk about David I have a hard time with taking some pills and you know they want to hear the voice of somebody that's been there and got through it.
0: Absolutely. And I appreciate the connection with you. Um, you know, of course, people can check out my link and if you guys need some words of encouragement, of course I don't have, you know, I haven't been through anything even remotely close to what Matthew has been through. But if it means that you need to hear someone who has as he said, you know, his line is open and I appreciate you for extending that invitation to, you know, everyone. So again, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today. And please, you guys check out the links in the description. Of course, as he said, you can email him directly if you have any questions. And uh, that wraps up this uh, segment. Do you have any uh, final words that you want to say to the people?
1: Um. I am blessed to have been here, and um, once again, if you want to reach me, it's you may do so at uh, Nirvana gold at protocmail.com, uh, Danetta, thank you so much.
0: Of course. Well, thank you, guys. This is the Grown Up Podcast. As always, stay safe, be kind, and we are out. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast today. And of course, many thanks to Matthew for coming on here and sharing his story. Um, Appreciate him. Appreciate you guys for having an open mind. And if any of you know anyone who is struggling to find help um, for substance abuse, they can call the SAMHSA National Helpline. And that number is 1-800-662-662 four three five seven and of course that number i will throw in the description below uh for any of you who may may know someone or may know someone who knows someone or whatever the case may be they're seeking help i have that number for you so Um, Other than that, I have a few announcements for you guys before I get out of here and tell you guys to follow me on my social medias. Uh, So first thing that I wanna tell you guys is that I created a Facebook group. Um, It's called the Grown Up Gang. So yes, you guys come and join the Grown Up Gang. And essentially what I really wanna do with this is I want us to connect more. I want to connect more with you guys. I want to connect more with you guys to connect with each other and all of us to connect together. And so I realized that maybe emailing is a little out of date to try and email you guys back and forth. (laughs) And everyone is essentially on social media now. So I'm trying to up my social media gang game like I told you guys. So um, if you want to join the Facebook uh, group, you can join up until today for public as soon as um today is over (laughs) essentially it's going to go private and the only way that you're going to be able to get into the group so that you can be a part of these exclusive new events that i have coming up that i want to plan for you guys is to um go to my patreon and support through patreon so essentially the patreon groups that support through patreon will have an exclusive new uh kind of group of not only grown-up podcast or grown-up gang people from all over the world who Uh, come from all walks of life and have you know live their own grown-up lives and have their own grown-up struggles and also are seeking uh help and want friends and, and things like that you know we're all get we all get to connect together on patreon and have our kind of exclusive group there and then once you connect through Patreon, then with the facebook group that's going to be private now that's where I'll be throwing all these new events that I want to gather um, and you can also be able to gain some grown up podcast merch through Patreon. so you guys please go and check out my Patreon, and if you want to join the Facebook group um, as of today, hurry, go and join the Facebook group before it becomes private and, or else you're going to miss out on those exclusive events. So I'm so excited for the podcast. You guys have no idea. I have so much content. I have so many exciting things that I can feel that are going to just, uh, make me explode and, <laughs> you know it just makes me so happy that um, what was once a dream is now really becoming a reality and I appreciate all the support so you guys go and follow me on my social medias to stay up to date with the podcast at the grown up podcast all lowercase on IG you can still follow my personal page at famous D underscore 95 you can follow me on Twitter at famous D underscore 95 and of course catch me on the regular grown up podcast page going like that so that you guys can stay up to date with merch episode drops interviews music and exclusive events you guys check out the patron as well and i appreciate you guys for listening to the podcast you know i'm an independent podcaster out here just um trying to make my voice known that's it you know i just want to be uh heard and uh i think you guys are hearing me so i thank you guys for letting me rant and rave and talk here on the podcast and uh, we're almost to about 60 episodes well technically I'm at 60 episodes on the streaming platform so I never thought I would get this far and I appreciate you guys for your open mind so um, with that being said I got some brand new music for you guys we're not going to get out of here before I drop it and if you guys please stay tuned to the podcast I got a wonderful surprise for you guys on the natural on a wave interview you will not want to miss it keep your notifications turned on for that because it's so exciting so uh, appreciate you guys and I got some new music for you up next with the jams he actually just released this music last month and I did an interview with him so when you hear the interview just know that it was done previously (laughs) but um, he dropped uh, an album I believe last month and uh, I'm gonna feature a couple maybe two songs off of that album so you guys get a little teaser but you don't get the whole thing so please go and stream him, check him out, follow him and his name is Alex Smith so check him out you guys You
2: wanted songs I'll give you songs Once upon a time there was a woman made of fire and a man made stars at night. But the stars don't always align. No, the stars don't always align. The man of ice was not always this way. Oh, he had a burning heart. But he traded it away to someone who showed him nothing but disdain. And his heart was not the same. Couldn't handle the pain. Now ice runs through his veins. And his love.
3: No, the stars don't always Alive
2: The woman of fire lives howling in the night She was born into a world that didn't treat her right After years engulfed in the flames Her heart was not the same so fire she became and she burned so bright like the star